Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. Welcome, Laura. I am so excited to chat today. I am so thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So whenever we talked about having this conversation about um, praying for our kids, you were one of the first names that came to mind. I've been, we've chatted for a long time, but um, when you guys started your ministry, I feel like I saw that from the very early parts and it was just such a blessing to see what you guys were bringing um, to the, say industry, but just to the world um, for moms. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you guys do? Of course. Yeah. Well, thank you. I am Laura Whiffler, as you said, and I am the executive director of Risen Motherhood, which is a ministry for moms. And our goal is really just to give moms Jesus over and over and over again, and to just teach them how the gospel really does have things to say about their regular everyday lives, the lives that we live in modern motherhood. So that's our goal there. Um, Outside of my work at Risen Motherhood, I am an author. I've written two books, the Risen Motherhood book, which kind of goes with the ministry and does all the things I mentioned, and then um, a prayer book for kids called Anytime, Anyplace, Any Prayer, and just teaches kids how they can talk with God. So I have three kids, uh, ages eight, six, and four, and I live in central Iowa. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Um, well, so we're going to, I want to start talking about your prayer life a little bit, and then we'll dive into some questions about, um, praying for kids, but, um, what does your prayer routine look like right now? And that word routine I use pretty loosely. So yeah, what does that look like (laughs) in this season of life? Sure. Yeah. Well, it's fairly simple. I um, I use your journal, Val, which I love. I've been using it for, I want to say, even before we got to know one another and before Risen Motherhood. Uh, my my sister-in-law, Emily, bought one of your early Aww. journals. Not the, It was before you had the yearly journal. So it yeah. was like, uh, I want to say like a six-month journal. Yeah. And um, I think you were maybe on Etsy. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, that is very a very long time ago then. Yes. <laughs> a long time ago. And so um, I still use your journals. And um, I've heard somebody else on your podcast say kind of the same thing where they typically fill it out kind of once a month and don't necessarily use it every single day, but I use it um, mm-hmm. both as a check-in kind of each week to say, okay, these are the things that I want to be praying about, or here's where I have some longer times to pray. And then also it's kind of become um, like a goal setting thing for me or something like, hey, I'm praying towards these things that I want to see accomplished or I want to yeah. get done or I want to do this month. And so for me, it's also like in a way, a long-term to-do list because I don't use any like larger planner or anything. And so I really love it because I think it works, um, in a variety of ways for my life. But in general, each morning I'm an early riser. I know some people are going to not like this about me, but I do naturally wake up Mm -hmm. at about 5am every morning and, um, the call of coffee Mm -hmm. pulls me downstairs. And so I go and get my coffee 
And I have a quiet time usually for about 20 to 30 minutes. And that, um, during that time, I do try to spend some of that in prayer. And then, um, I have kind of rhythms throughout my day where I have a tendency, you know, everyone has their inner monologue. And I would say in general, mine has just been trained towards the Lord. That doesn't mean that I'm as good as at listening, but I do talk with the Uh Lord um, throughout the day. And um, a lot of my inner monologue is really directed towards God and their prayers just murmured throughout the day. Um, And then I have a couple of signposts. Um, and what I mean by signposts are just moments throughout the day where I pray with my kids or pray with my family. So of course we have like the dinner time and bedtime and then on the way to school, which has helped, um, kind of voicing those prayers and taking more formal times for prayer. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I love the, um, yeah, just the idea of signposts too, like you said, and that inner, that like that, just the idea that your inner conversation is directed towards Mm -hmm. God is really cool. And, um, yeah, I just love that. Um, do you pray physically out loud? Is it in your head? It, do you write out prayers? Um, how how does that look? Yeah, so the majority of my prayers are out loud um, because I am such a verbal processor. Mm-hmm. And so, like most people, I get very distracted during prayer. You know, suddenly, like I need to go clean out the fridge or something in the middle of a prayer. And yeah. um, so, really, to stay focused, I have learned to pray aloud. And like I mentioned, normally I'm up pretty early in the morning. And um, so, I'm sort of whispering them in the morning so that I don't wake up my kids. Um, and then I'll go on sometimes, like, I'll go on a run and we'll specifically say, okay, I'm not going to listen to a podcast today because my natural bent is to pick music or podcast. And so those will be like more in my head because I don't have the breath to speak it aloud. Um, and it's a constant coming back to the Lord. And then, um, like I said, my inner monologue in general is directed to the Lord. And that's obviously in my mind, but I don't do a lot of writing prayers. Um, my wrists are not great. They have some chronic issues. Mm -hmm. And so handwriting is quite difficult actually. Um, and then another way that I think could almost be sometimes they, they turn into a form of prayer is that I love to write and I love to share words on Instagram and in other places. And so sometimes though, I will say that those writings become prayers and I will never publish them, but, um, writing for me is a way of worship. And I, a lot of times will find kind of what I'm really feeling or what I'm really needing or really wanting. And it will turn into a prayer for me. And that's just something that I took away and I never look at again, but, um, it does become just a way to process and, and cry out to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just cool. And that just speaks to the natural bent that you mentioned, you know, like it, the thoughts that you have naturally turn into prayers when you're praying so, or, you know, um, yeah. I think that's yeah. just always so cool to hear how, how somebody, um, like what the practical level it looks like, like even the running and everything like that. I hope people are encouraged just to hear all the different ways that it can be incorporated into our day. Um, okay. So talking a little bit about praying for your kids, um, how, how do you pray for your kids? And I know that's a big question and we'll kind of have other questions to nail nail down. So we could go lots of different directions, but how would you answer? Like if I just said, how do you pray for your kids? Um, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say in general, my first answer is I pray for my kids with my kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked a little bit about signposts and there is no greater signpost than the little face in front of you 
you know, that you are raising and you love and you care for. And just remembering to say like, okay, I want to pray for you in this moment. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of my prayers for my kids are whatever's going on in our lives of just a continual turning to the Lord in prayer. And, um, it really is a, a habit forming process, right? Like I know that I'm sharing a lot and saying kind of like, Hey, it's really, it feels natural for me to pray. And it's something that, um, I do tend to turn to the Lord more easily. And I think a lot of that has to do with my upbringing and the way that I was raised and these habits that have formed in my life. And I know that that's not the same for everyone, but I don't want them to be discouraged if that's not your natural bent. Um, But instead, no, particularly if you are in the throes of young motherhood or maybe kind of the middle years as I am in, where I think that we have so many opportunities to develop a habit of prayer and saying, okay, I see my child. I see that, you know, they're hurt. They fell off their bike or their friend has not treated them rightly, or they're, you know, being, um, really selfish right here, or they're being disobedient or obstinate. And so being able to take those moments and say, Hey, let's ask the Lord for help right now. Or let's, let's ask God, um, for courage for you right now. Let's ask God for kindness for you right now. And so creating those habits, they will build on one another and you'll start to, um, grow in your prayer life, I think for your kids. And it becomes this natural turn and where my parents very much raised me like that. And so I see the fruit of that and the product of that in my life, where it was sort of this very natural extension for me to say, Hey, I'm having a hard day or I'm struggling with this test and studying for this test right now. Or, um, you know, my, my French groups aren't going well or the way that I want, or I want X, Y, Z. And so naturally I had seen my parents show me, Hey, we turn to God in prayer and everything. And they did that in their personal lives. And they taught me to do that in my life. And so now I'm like a living fruit of that, I think, um, as it has become so natural. And so as I pray for my kids, uh, they're hopefully seeing a pattern of the way that they can grow up into and that they can model as they're older. And I think it provides a lot of opportunities to pray in a variety of ways. Like when you have Mm -hmm. eyes to see throughout your day of like, Hey, where am I? Where can I pray for my child? Um, you're going to be praying about so many different things and you'll be um, praying for character traits. You'll be praying for, uh, qualities of Christ likeness in them. You're going to be praying for belief and their trust in the Lord and their salvation. And so it runs this huge gamut. And I think that that as a mom, we're kind of always saying, well, how do I pray for my kids? Or how do I remember things to pray for? And I would just say like, look at your daily life and like those things will come out and they will rise to the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One thing that you said, like, I know for me, whenever I got, I got kids. I, whenever I had kids, um, it was, I noticed I actually prayed more, but it was because of these little moments in the day. It wasn't that I had that morning time, um, specifically, but I do feel like prayer became something I did throughout my day because we had so many opportunities. Like you said, like praying over a baby to go to sleep or somebody Mm -hmm. who, you know, is in timeout and you have to address a heart issue, different things like that, or, even now, like you said, going through like hard things at school or things that they worry about and get overwhelmed by, um, it is, it does, it is the examples that we need. Like if, if you're looking for a Pinterest list of like, how do I pray for my kids? Um, those are great. (laughs) And there's lots of things there, but man, our kids, what they're, 
if we can be um, students of our kids, I've heard that phrase before. And I think it's just so beautiful to think like, oh yeah, like we could, we could know exactly how to pray for our kids as we, uh, with the Holy Spirit's help, of course, as we are just witnessing what they're, what they're going through. Mm -hmm. So one question I have, I know for a lot of moms, it can be easy to pray for like, um, the very obvious, like, you know, I want my kid to feel better because they're sick or, um, they had somebody who was mean to them. What, how do you not forget to pray for the spiritual aspects? And I know that might be kind of what you were just talking about, like just seeing the character, needed as we go through our day, but is, are there any tips that you have for like, just remembering the spiritual things that we want to be praying for? Cause I feel like those are the things that are less obvious to us, um, to be praying for. Yeah. I agree that I think a lot of times we can more easily pray for behavioral changes or just the problem right in front of us, but we do want to be taking those prayers deeper and ultimately recognize that like, Hey, this is an issue of their allegiance and their heart. And where are they going to place that for the rest of their life? And, and knowing that like God is working and he is sovereign over that, of course, but that there are real prayers that we as parents can pray that we don't know exactly how it works, but God uses those in their lives. And so for me to just remember praying for them, for their spiritual status, I mean, Honestly, I think if every mom were um, pulled right now, who's probably listening to this podcast, they would all say like the deepest cry and longing of their heart is for their children, is for their children to know the Lord mm-hmm. and to to love him with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And so I think um, for me, as I try to bring that to mind, a lot of times, um, my husband and I will sit down and we will often talk about, Hey, these are some of the things that we want to see our children grow in. Here are some strengths that we're seeing in our child. And we celebrate those. And we talk about areas that we would love to see them improve on and just natural tendencies that we see towards, um, sin or just other character qualities that maybe we're like, Hey, that, that that's not necessarily sin, but it's something that we'd like to help them improve on to become perseverant or a hard worker or whatever. And, um, and so Oftentimes during those conversations too, my husband and I will um, just pray for our kids together. We're working on doing this more consistently. I would say I have a, a very thriving prayer life probably on my own, but in terms of praying with others or praying especially with my husband, we are really working on that and wanting to grow in it. We even just had a conversation um, Oh, maybe it was last week. It was very recent where we were like, Hey, we want to be better at praying for our kids' souls together. And mm-hmm. we want to be, um, making sure that we, yeah, that we're doing that together not just on our own. Cause there's something really powerful in uniting with another soul in prayer, especially, yeah. um, the other parent, right. The other person who's really loving and deeply invested in these kids. And so, um, a lot of times we, we will spend time there though, praying more specifically for salvation. And then, um, my youngest daughter has special needs and, she, uh, when she was born, she has a very rare condition that the doctors were basically saying to us like, Hey, we don't know what the future holds for your child. And we're not really even sure if she'll ever walk or if she'll talk. Like they were just very tempering expectations for us. And so, um, for, she's four and a half now she does walk and, um, she, talks. She is just learning to talk. Um, so mostly only I can understand, but she's becoming more and more verbal, which is amazing. But for her, and I was very convicted, you know, because I was praying for her to walk and talk like, I mean, just 
out of my mind praying, Lord, please do a miracle. Let my daughter walk and talk, right? I mean, because every mom wants that for their babies, um, even if they don't realize that that's something they, yeah. that isn't a, a given, right? Yeah. And, but I was convicted as I progressed because I was praying for her to walk and I was praying for her to talk, but I was leaving out the most important thing, which was for her to love Jesus. And so as those, as she grew, I realized, no Lord, let her walk, let her talk, but most of all, let her love you. So just even knowing that like, that is my ultimate goal for my baby girl is that even if she cannot speak, even if she cannot walk, even if she cannot engage like other regularly developing kids, like the cry of my heart, because I know it is the most important thing is for her to know Jesus in whatever way that looks like for her Mm -hmm. little mind and her little body. And so that for me became the cry of my heart for her. But then it also helped me remember of like, I need to be praying these same things for my other kids of let them love Jesus most of all. And so that has just become something that kind of no matter when we're praying that I want to weave into our prayers that like, Lord, help us remember you, help us remember your goodness, bring that to mind. Your presence is always with us, but let us be aware of that. And so even weaving things like that into my daily prayers with my kids, I think has helped, um, you know, it doesn't have to be these big monumental prayers, but just recognizing that like, Hey, this is a a daily rhythm I want to create and a mindset that I want to have all the time. Yeah. So uh, I have, I want to follow that up with a question. Um, Do you think that it's harder to trust God with your kids than it is to trust him with your own life? Um, And, and yeah, I would just love to hear that answer. (laughs) I'm sure there's not like a, you know, perfect answer for this, but it just, as you were talking, I was just thinking, oh man, you know, sometimes that is, there is a difference between praying for ourselves and our kids. So I'd love to just hear your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, certainly I feel like trusting the Lord with our kids is, is really hard. Um, I think that I have lived long enough now that I've seen God's fingerprints in my own life where I'm like, okay, Lord, I know, I know you're going to work. Or mm-hmm. even if the answer is no, you're going to still hold me fast. And I do feel like I don't know if it's easier to trust the Lord, but it feels different in my own life versus with my children. There's so much out of control and there's so much that I cannot, um, I cannot manipulate into happening. And I think there's an element there that it has taught me though, more about trusting God, even though it's been harder, it's been kind of a, a tool that the Lord has used to say, do you still trust me no matter what happens with these children? And I know as moms, we can often like see our kids disobey and we're like, you know, it's like one little thing at home that you're like, you're going to be a criminal. You're going to be in jail. Like, that's it. You know, like we kind of just feel like we take things to the extreme and we feel like as soon as we see something in our kids, we're just kind of off the deep end. And I am consistently reminded of just like the, the long, slow road of faithfulness. And that is these tiny deposits and that ultimately like they are in God's hands and actually that is the best place that I want them to be. Mm -hmm. And if I really trust that God is sovereign and if I really trust that he is all powerful and if I really believe that he is the king of the universe and deserving of all my praise, then like there is no other place that I would want my children to be, but in his sovereign and loving hand. And so that for me has turned from I think a place of fear of, Oh Lord, what's going to happen to my kids to actually a place of deep relief and deep comfort of knowing that 
God is ultimately sovereign over their lives. And he, you know, my job is to be faithful with what I have with them each and every day. But ultimately I'm thankful that, um, their futures are not up to me and that I can trust in a kind and loving God. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, um, just, just knowing like prayer is kind of how we get to that place of surrender. You know, like if we know we are, I'm praying for my kid and it is, I'm surrendering this issue to you, God. And, um, and I know for me, like if I know I have covered an issue with them in prayer and there is a flat out no or something, I, I can trust that, listen, I covered this in prayer and God obviously he heard my cry and he obviously knew something different needed to happen. And, um, I think that is, you know, for moms who experience a lot of fear over their kids, prayer can just be such a blessing in like us continually surrendering them to God. And that doesn't mean it's easy. It just means that it's a necessary process. It, the alternative of us, like just gripping our kids for dear life, like that's not, it, it doesn't end well like that, you know, like the surrender is definitely the, um, the best answer, even though it, it is hard to do. Um, what have been besides like salvation, um, what have been some of the biggest prayers that you've had for your kids? And it might be, you know, different for each kid and you don't have to like go into details or anything, but what things are you praying for? Um, that, that just feel like the biggest prayers right now that you have for your kids. Hmm. Well, I shared a little bit about my daughter. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that I feel like it feels like one of those mountaintop, like big prayers that, you know, just praying that she would, uh, develop and flourish as well as possible. And to, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've even prayed things like help her to fit into society and like these, just these big things that a lot of parents, I don't think always pray, you know? Um, but for us, it's become a reality of a cry of our heart, particularly because her diagnosis was so unknown that it was sort of like, oh my goodness, like, you know, I don't even, I don't even know where to begin with what to pray for, um, which is where I found it most comforting to be able to say, okay, just let her know you Lord, let her, let her know you. And so that, um, has been a big journey of just understanding, how out of control I am over even things like, you know, whether or not they'll go to college or get jobs or get married or, you know, be able to have children one day. I mean, I always, you always kind of know that's out of your control, but I think there's like a reality of it that sets in place um, when you have a child with a disability. And um, so that's, that's kind of like big and all those things, but I think more reality, kind of a day-to-day type stuff. Um, big prayers. I pray for my kids. I mean, I pray, we talked about salvation and I feel like I can't leave that off, but also just general sanctification for my kids and that they would grow into, into Christ likeness, you know? And, um, I feel like I have a tendency to lean heavy towards the teaching and the, um, you know, over explaining type mom. And so for me, a lot of that is really even praying for myself that like what we just talked about, I would continue to just trust God with my kids' lives and, um, trust that I don't have to like take care of everything for them, but that the Lord would strengthen them and that he would, you know, hold them fast as they go throughout their days. Um, I pray a lot about friendships. My kids are in public school. So I would say that's like a really big one for us. It's, we came off a COVID year, like everyone else where they were actually homeschooled. And, um, 
So praying for great friendships, Christian friends, solid influences, that's a huge cry of my husband's and I's heart right now. Um, We're consistently, I think, praying for our children just to um, have like a, a steadfastness in God's word and that they, God would just protect them from dangers and hardships and difficult trials. And I mean, we know that trials shape us and that they, God uses them for our good. But, um, I think for a long time I thought in the Bible, like, oh, I'm supposed to be praying for hard things because that's how I become sanctified. That's how I become Christ-like. But nowhere in the Bible do we see God saying, now pray for trials and suffering. No, we, we pray for the Lord to bring us through those. And um, and so that for me has been kind of a shift in thinking where I'm not, I don't, I want to protect my children from trials and hardships, but I also want them to grow in Christ-likeness. And so trusting God to do that, however he has for them, um, that has been a big one for us too of just, I know that for myself growing up, I was very protected from a lot of hard things. And um, I am so thankful to look back and feel like the Lord was very kind. And and I think my parents' prayers had something to do with that, of just really um, praying for protection over me so that whenever I got to college and did face harder things, I had a really solid foundation to look back on. Yeah. And, and I think the that idea of like, um, trials and everything. Like I know I've said before it, you are praying that they don't face the unnecessary trials. Like the things that just come from like, Oh, they did something dumb and they had a consequence. Like, you know, like we we want to protect them from things that are just not necessary to their sanctification, like you said. And so I think, I think that's really cool. I'm glad you shared that just that learning process of we're not, you know, praying that they go through everything hard. We're just praying that the things that they do go through that are hard will change, uh, will transform them. But, but we do pr- want to pray protection on everything that is not necessary, um, mm-hmm. to go through that. Um, so what about some, just kind of going back to like your prayer life, your personal prayer life, what are some of the biggest answered prayers that you have seen God work in your life? Hmm. I mean, I would definitely say, and this is, I'm not trying to Jesus juke here, but my own personal growth and sanctification. Um, I often feel like I resonate with Paul in first Timothy one, when he just talks about, um, being the worst of sinners. Right. And I can deeply fall into that thought process. And it has just been the cry of my heart to just grow towards holiness and to grow, into Christ likeness and I am nowhere near that but I can look back over my life and see how the Lord has answered that prayer even when it hasn't been specific like it hasn't been yeah. necessarily you know yeah. oh god grow me in this specific thing but instead like lord just whatever it is like I I am blind to even some of my own sins can you wake me up and shake me out of that show me where those are and show me how I can be more like you in those things and and I don't even know ex- the exact pinpoints of the ways that God fixed it. I mean, I can name some things for certain, but as I look back over the, let's say 15 years of my life, even something like that, I can just see the way the Lord has just slowly sandpapered my character to shape it into more like his. And I think, um, if I were pressed on specifics, marriage is a big one. Um, I think that I, my husband works 
a lot of long hours and um, it's kind of been a theme of our marriage where he has gone a lot, working in the middle of the night, working um, long, long days. And um, I know a lot of women have this uh, difficulty that they face or their husband travels a lot. And um, we've had some seasons of relief, but it's it's back. And I'm going through it kind of right now where my husband is working a lot of hours. But what has been really interesting is my husband and I were just talking about this is that, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, um, I would have probably done the silent treatment and I probably would have been really frustrated. And, um, even the bit of time that I got with him, I would have wasted it because I was, I was mad at him. And now to five, 10 years later, um, we're in the same type of season. Our lives are more full and more busy. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, a lot more going on and yet I just feel a peace about it. And I, I don't feel angry. I actually feel more compassion towards him. I feel the Lord's grace just carrying me through my days where it is, it is hard. It's not to say it's any less hard, but I can see the way God has changed me just even based on the responses that I offer him, the ability to encourage him with my words instead of hurt him. Um, the, the way that I'm rooting for our marriage instead of rooting for him to fail. I mean, there have just been so many changes in me, even to that specific topic that if you were to compare and contrast the two women who has endured very similar things, the, the today Laura is not perfect, but is so much further ahead, but that took 15 years, 10 to 15 years, like a long, long time of praying that God would change me and give me patience and give me steadfastness and let me trust him with our situation instead of trying to muscle it myself. And so that has just been, I think, a really amazing thing to look back on. And I'm not happy that we're in this season, but one gift out of that has been to say, Lord, you have changed me. And I know that that is you and, and just like an, a gratitude that I feel a deep gratitude of, um, seeing God's hand in my life. I'm going to cry, but just seeing God's hand in my own life. Um, because that's deeply what I want is just to be more and more like my savior. That, that is what I want. And so if that takes 15 years of enduring a husband who works a lot away from home to change me, like I will do that, you know, whatever it takes. So yeah, that's beautiful, Laura. I, there's two things that I want to, I guess, highlight in what you said. And the first is just, if you had only been looking for the answered prayers and like my husband's job changes and right. everything is, you know, you would be disappointed with God right now. Yes. And instead you are grateful to God. So for so many of us, it can, we can see prayer and just think, man, that girl, she gets everything, you know, she prays for, or we see it and it, we just feel like God doesn't care about us. And this is just a really good example that we need to be looking everywhere in our life for how God is answering and not just the one big obvious thing. Um, I know for me this year, I have been praying for a lot of health changes and not much has changed. But the one thing I, that I told Tyler the other day, I was like, I feel so transformed on the inside. Um, and it still sucks. Like I'm still bummed that my health stuff isn't changed, but I know I see God working and I don't just see this vacuum of like, I'm alone, which is just a dark road to go down if we feel alone or that God doesn't care. So 
Number one, yeah. I would say just yeah. open those eyes to see where God is is blessing you. And you know, Laura's over here almost in tears, thinking about how grateful she is <laughs> how the Lord has changed her. Like that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And the second thing that I just wanted to highlight was, you know, so often we could see issues in our husband and just think, man, if God would just fix this and we are waiting for God to fix our husband and just see the difference that maybe, you know, and I'm sure things have changed with like your husband has been transformed too, Mm -hmm. but just to see that like the situation could still be the same, but you are experiencing it in a totally different way because of how God changed you. So the, the fix doesn't always require God working in somebody else. If he can change our hearts, that will change so much. So um, mm-hmm. that's just yeah, a lot of hope. This. You just shared a lot of hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I think um, there's this quote by Amy Carmichael, who was a, a missionary. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. I can't remember how many years, but most people probably heard of her. Um, but she is, she has this quote that's that says, in acceptance lieth peace. And I have always appreciated that. Not only do I tell my husband that whenever we're going to order takeout and I want to go to a different place than he does, I tell him, in acceptance lieth peace, honey. Um, But I will also say, you know, that that is such an amazing thing in the sense of like, Lord, whatever you have for me, whatever circumstances you have, like, I accept those, Lord. And it doesn't mean that we can't pray for a different outcome. Of course I have prayed that we can have a different schedule for my husband. Of course I have prayed that. But there's an element of saying like right here in the now, I have everything that I need because I have Christ and he is enough and he is all. And I think so often we want that Christ plus, we want Jesus plus the work schedule, Mm -hmm. Jesus plus the opportunity, Jesus plus my dreams realized, Jesus plus obedient children. And what we really need to step back and say like, no, I have eternity. Like I have that to look forward to. And so I don't need it all now. I don't need to accomplish everything. I don't have to have the perfect life because Christ never promised a perfect life on earth. Like, like I talked about, he doesn't say ask for suffering, but he does promise suffering. Like that's in the Bible that there will be hard things. And so when I think we get into those situations and like the only answer to prayer that we will accept is if our suffering is removed, then I think that's a a weak theology of what it means to be living this side of Eden and before eternity. And so for me, it has been immense encouragement to just remind myself that like, Hey, whatever I face today, I have everything I need because I have the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit working in my heart to transform me day by day into his likeness. And I look forward to a day where none of this will be hard or hurting or cause tears ever again. And that promise is for me and it is sure and it will never leave. It's imperishable, unfading, kept in heaven for us. And that motivates me, I think, to keep going with my prayers of saying, Lord, please change my circumstance, but above all, change me. And whatever it takes to do that, I accept. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that that last statement. That is a hard thing to say. We don't say that flippantly. We say that, you know, I I don't know how to say like, we say that like the, I know the idea. Um, like if I, if I'm praying sometimes at the end of my prayer, I'll say, I choose to obey. And it is, it's not mm. like something I just tag on the end. It is a decision I'm making when I say that. And it's not easy to do, but I know it's worth it. So it's almost like sometimes if we say things like that, we we might need to prepare our hearts to just remind ourselves yeah. of why we're saying it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
whether it's like reminding ourselves, okay, God is bigger than I am. He knows everything. He is in control. You know, like just, I don't know how to say that, but I know um, it, it is a, there's just so much power in that statement um, that I feel like um, we want to be genuine about. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to just say it because you feel like you should, but yeah. there is something also to say that like, Hey, I'm, I'm going to step into this. I'm going to say this and pray that God makes it true. It's yes. the whole, I believe help my unbelief, right? Yes. That the, the, the father of the demonic in, in Mark talks about where, um, you know, it, if we feel like we have to be 100% sure before we can say things like that or, um, or you know, the, before we can really pray these things, I think that like actually the fact that we're praying shows that like, hey, God is working and I trust him and I might not be all the way there, but like that's why yeah. I'm praying because I know that I need his help because I know that I need his work that, you know, we have the Romans eight groanings too deep for words where we don't even know what to pray for, but we trust that God will do that on our behalf. And so I think there's sort of that, it's that classic tension that we live with as Christians where there's these two sides to the coin and we have to be able to say like, Lord, I accept, Lord, help me accept. And we're kind of yeah. saying them yeah. in tandem and that's okay. If like, that's where you are. I mean, again, I'm using my husband as an example over and over here, but you could even say like with special needs, you know, has been a deep suffering in our life. And like, of course, like that's not my first wish for my child, but I also, I accept. And, but there's still a tension there of saying like, okay, this is, this is really hard and I don't want to accept it. And everything in my body tells me this isn't the way it should be. But then I also know that like the Lord designed her body perfectly, exactly the way that he wanted. And so I, I am just constantly working back and forth in that. And so acceptance doesn't mean that we are just laying down and letting life happen to us. Yeah. I feel like, um, David exercised that a lot. Like, you know, whenever he would, have like, he would just say something really like, Oh gosh, I have full confidence in you. And then he would like wane and then he would have to be reminded of it again. And I know like I I did an episode on affirmations recently and I said, part of the affirmations, you know, you're saying these phrases that you, they may not be, they may not feel true in the moment. So they come out like prayers because you are praying for them to be true. So a lot of times it, like you said, it's that acceptance of Lord, I am accepting this, but God, you're going to have to help me accept this because this is, this is still difficult, you know? Um, but we, there is like an understanding of that. It is of the gravity of it, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. but yes, no, I love, I love everything you just said. Um, okay. So I want to ask one last question before we wrap up. Um, we kind of talked about, or actually I have two, if, if, uh, if we can, I know you're getting short on time, but, um, you kind of mentioned already that prayer was modeled for you as a child. Do you want to go into any details of like any specifics of what that looked like? What you remember about that? Mm, sure. Yeah. I think my parents definitely raised me. I, I joke that they raised me in a gospel centered home before Paul David Tripp wrote the book on it. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> so they are marvelous and wonderful and they really, especially I can think both of them, but my mom multiple times where 
again, something would happen in my life and her response, while she would offer words of comfort, would really push us towards, hey, let's pray about that. Let's ask God about this. And um, I just remember it being very natural and it was it was consistently a part of our conversations. Um, I also grew up in a great church that I saw prayer modeled by, you know, my pastor's booming voice across the sanctuary and um, him praying back scripture or in Sunday school where we would pray as a group. And um, we had Epaphras Partners, which if people... um, aren't familiar with that term. It's from Colossians 4, where um, it, it says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus, sends his greetings. He is always wrestling for you in his prayers. And so Epaphras Partners was just a prayer partner that you would get together and pray with. And um, so I think that prayer was a very big part of my life growing up. It was a very natural part of my life. And I, what I really appreciate about it is that it didn't feel uncomfortable. And I think for a lot of us, it's, I think that's the way that a lot, for a lot of people, prayer is very uncomfortable. And, um, I just want to encourage anyone out there who feels like, Oh, I don't know how, or I get awkward or I start to sweat or, you know, and I still get uncomfortable praying in front of a lot of people. Don't, don't get me wrong there. Like it's just public speaking. Right. But there is an element, I think that you can change those habits and practicing over time. And again, if you are a mom of kids, like any age, now is the time to start, start praying aloud with them because they're not going to know, you know, like, don't worry about a theological misstep. Don't worry about repeating yourself saying, um, all of those things. Like this is the time to kind of get used to praying aloud and to speaking prayers over them and making that a really natural pattern of your home, you get to choose how you want to set the tone of your home. And that's really exciting. And I hope prayer is a part of that. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great answer. I love, um, love what you said there. Um, okay. So I am going to ask one last question, um, quick, um, in what ways do you long to keep growing your prayer life? Hmm. I think I mentioned this briefly at the beginning of, I'm not quite as good of a listener in my (laughs) prayers. And this is a consistent thing for me where, um, I've, I've probably been more cognizantly working on this for about two years where I consistently feel like I'm praying to God, but I want to pray with God. I want to have, um, a more of a relationship that is in step with the things that he loves and the things that he wants and that I'm listening to the prompting of the Holy spirit and just seeing where the spirit is leading. And, um, I don't mean that in any like super woo woo way, but just more in a sense of like, okay, Lord, show me where you are working and help me to have eyes to see. And whatever that conviction is, that feeling I have in my soul, um, help me be attuned to that. And to like, if I, if I see someone who I, and I can feel that feeling of like, oh, they need a kind word or I should stop or I should, you know, um, whatever the prompt is that I would obey and listen to that and not just write it off or put my to-do list in front of it or think someone else will take care of it. Um, but that I would trust that God is ordering my days and that there are divine appointments that he has for me. And I want to have eyes to see those. So that I think is one of the biggest things for me that I want to just continue to work on is being in step with the Lord and, and listening to where the spirit is, is prompting me to go. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that listening is, um, definitely one of those topics that I feel like comes up a lot for us because it just feels, it 
you know, like we can kind of feel like the other things we can figure out a little bit, but that one is, it's just a, a hard one to grasp. So, um, I love that you shared that and I know others will be able to relate to that too. Um, well, Laura, this has been so great. I just appreciate you coming and chatting. I know this is going to be just so hope filled for moms. And I would love for you to, before we wrap up in prayer, if you want to tell everybody where they can find you and, um, everything like that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, you can find more of my work at laurawhistler.com. W I F L E R. Lots of people say Whistler or Wilfer or all these other things. So laurawhistler.com. And then, um, I'm pretty active on Instagram, so you can go to at Laura Whistler and find me there. Um, yeah, those are kind of the, the main two places and it'll give you directions to anything else you want to know. Yes. Everything else. Awesome. Well, Laura, would you pray for us now and close us out? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to come to you today and just know that we can approach the throne of grace and freedom because of the sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I praise you for the gift that you have given us. And um, I pray that we would be women that come to you wholeheartedly, openly, and with a heart posture that just says, Lord, whatever you have for me, I accept. God, I pray that we would be just women that fear you in a reverent way, in a way that understands the sacredness of the relationship that we get to enjoy with you, but also just bask in the comfort of being able to have such a great friendship with you that you are Abba, Father to us, Lord. I pray for all the women listening to this show, God, that you would just grow in them a deep love and desire and hunger to commune with you. Lord, make us not afraid to talk with you. Um, help us to trust you as we do. And God, we just um, entrust ourselves to you today, Lord, that we would go forward walking in step with you, talking and listening and just trusting you to guide our days. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much again, Laura, for uh, for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.